Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, the countdown is on to the postseason in the NBL. There's so much going on, just a handful of games. Crowds are up. It's been another extraordinary season, and there's a fair bit going on off the court, as you could imagine as well. And I'm pleased to say the CEO of the National Basketball League, David Stevenson, is on the line to cover some of those issues. Morning, David. Good morning, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for your time. So let's get into one of the issues away from the NBL itself because this raised my interest when I saw it early on Monday morning. It happened across the weekend, and it's about a partnership, a growing partnership with the Japanese Professional Basketball League. So can you tell us just what's happened over the course of the last week in this area? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we are super excited about this partnership with with Japan's B-League, um, both for, from an on-court and off-court perspective. So on-court, um, you know, there's lots of opportunity for us to work together. Teams from Japan potentially coming to play in our pre-season tournament, uh, teams from Australia playing in Japan, work together on referees and, and look at some stage down the track, you know, potentially an expansion team playing in the NBL out of Japan. Mm. And then off-court, you know, when you think about the 120 million people in Japan, Many of them love basketball. Um, it's a great uh, opportunity for us to build our broadcast, particularly given you know the time zones are very close, uh, and and ultimately the great way to to grow the reach and, and build new fans for the NBL and and certainly for Japan's league too. There's a lot to unpack in all of that, isn't there? Because there's a lot to come, I guess. So first up, who knocked on whose door? Who who did the reach out first here? Was it from the NBL side, or did it come from the B League side? Yeah, we're, we're actually having conversations with lots of uh, organisations internationally. Um, you know, it's a couple of weeks ago, I was in, in Hong Kong meeting with the NBA. We're often uh, going to events um, in, in other markets. And so there's a lot of dialogue going on with different leagues and different countries around the world. And, and ultimately, every time we, we talk with people and we try and understand, hey, is there, is there an opportunity to work together and is there a mutual benefit? And I think clearly in, in Japan... Uh, they don't do things lightly, um, and, and when they talk about things publicly, they certainly become committed to them. And having spent a fair bit of time in uh, in, in Japan previously, uh, when I was working with Nike, um, they're fantastic partners. And so uh, all of the spirit that we've seen from their senior leadership has been a, a genuine commitment, and, and we'll look forward to that growing over time. So initially we're looking at perhaps playing in each other's pre-season tournaments. There's the sharing of ideas and officials and all of that kind of stuff. Is the end game, however, the possibility of a B-League competing in the NBL? Is that what you're looking 
to get out of this or would that just be something that may happen as a result of this? Yeah, look, it, it's certainly not the main priority, but it's a possibility. Uh, the current FIBA regulations preclude us from having a team from Japan playing in the NBL. So there's a lot of work to do there and, and it's certainly not imminent uh, for a team to play there. But, but it is a possibility. Um, we, we could see a whole lot of benefits there. And obviously there's a lot of challenges when you think about travel and, and logistics and, and different uh, cultures and organisations working together. But I think as we've seen expansion here in uh, the Jack Jumpers in Tasmania and in South East Melbourne, that quality, thoughtful, uh, diligent expansion teams um, can really be additive to the league. And, and so we want to explore all of those conversations. I'll be honest with you, Dave. I always get a little bit nervous when leagues look outside of their domestic um, sphere and start to think about expansion. And, th- you know, there are absolutely compelling reasons. But then you go back to, say, when the Slingers were in our league 2009 to 2014, I wonder what lessons we learned from there. And, and as you say, this can't happen at the moment. It's a, probably a long way down the track. So what are the, what are the cons of this one? You, you've got plenty of pros, but when you look at the cons of possibly taking uh, a, another team from outside of Australia and New Zealand, what do you think about there? Yeah, look, I think before I answer that on the cons, I will just make sure we're clear that our, our priority on expansion is domestic. Yeah. Um, we think that there's a number of teams that, that could come in through Australia, uh, and that's absolutely our priority. So international in, in Japan is, is certainly a secondary or, or tertiary priority. But, but the challenges that would come with that, as I said, you've got a, a longer flight um, there, you've got a, a different culture uh, in, in terms of language, um, there's different salary caps that operate in, in, in those markets. There's a lot of commercial challenges with broadcast. Um, and ultimately, you know, what is the uh, position that our league becomes? You know, at the moment, we're an Australian-New Zealand league. But then if you start to look at uh, does that expand into Asia, then what other countries? And, and is that really what we're trying to do? So, again, we're, we want to be thoughtful. We'll explore them. But... There are a lot of challenges that we'll work through and ultimately yeah, it might come to fruition, but it, but it may not. Um, and, and therefore, that's why it's not our, our number one priority with this partnership. We often talk about, you know, the good numbers of the NBL and, and the position that it's in, viewership, everything that, that, that is on this great trajectory. And obviously, you're the man at the coalface as the CEO of the organisation. Mm-hmm. I'm interested when you go around now and you speak to the NBA and you speak to B-Leagues and you speak to other leagues around the world, what are they saying to you about our league? Yeah, they always talk about two things. The one thing they talk about is the on-court talent. And now that we've had, I think, 26 players who have gone directly from the NBL to the NBA and a huge amount that have come from the NBA to the NBL, they always talk about the quality of the on-court performance. And I think and what the Kings have done in the last couple of years has been pretty incredible. Um, what, the, what the Hawks have done in, in the last half a dozen weeks has shown great, um, great improvement. They talk about, hey, now that the league is a genuine feeder league into the NBA, um, and, and obviously a lot of Australian talent playing in that. And then the second one that they love is they talk about the, uh, the game day entertainment offering, that how good that is for families, how much fun it is, uh, the fact that you can be in and out in two hours and it's high energy, high entertainment. 
and great for families as an entertainment proposition, that's appealing for a lot of those other leagues. 24, what, 25 games perhaps into the season now. You, your takeaway so far is still a fair bit to play out of this season, but your takeaway from the boss's position here, when you, when you look at the league across um, this season, what, what have you been the most happy about or and perhaps concerned about? Yeah, I, I think a couple of points. One is is the um, the strength that the fans have in connecting to the game. I mean, when you talk about the metrics of broadcast up thirty percent and you know attendance is up seventeen, all our web metrics are up over fifty percent. That it's clearly resonating. So that that's important. Two is that the closeness of the season, the fact that you know we're really four games to go for most of our teams and. You know, between the third place and the last place team is a two wins sort of separating. So every team's still in it. There's great narratives. Um, they're developing the storylines that come and supported by even scoring. It's the second highest scoring um, season we've had in our in our history of 40 minute era. Right. Um, and then probably third is yeah, that there's absolutely always going to be controversies. There's challenges. Uh, not everything goes exactly according to plan. Uh, but but I think that adds to the storylines, you know, when, when the rivalries between teams, the challenges between players, you know, the questions we have on referees, um, I think all of those things just add to the drama that comes around this, this entertainment product. Really good snapshot of, of where you're at and what you're up to. It, it never stops, I guess, in your world, and we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks, Matt. All the best to you and your listeners.